0: How many of you want God to take you to another level, a new level? Oh, that's my desire. How many of you are ready for the demands of that new level? Oopsie. Didn't know that was the next question. <laughs> My, my sermon this morning is, I, I, title, I titled title it, From Doubt to Faith. Because you know, Jesus said, you know, ask anything. Now, how many of you have asked for something and not received it yet? Wow. I, yeah. And, uh... So I've just been doing a lot of digging, a lot of digging, and uh I've been real challenged inside. I spoke a few weeks ago, asked Pastor David right in the middle of service if I could just speak, and uh, just been real challenging. I pray for people i've I've literally actually. Seen some amazing things happen as I've prayed for healing. As you know, well, maybe you don't know. Last uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, my wife was on in our front yard, uh, clipping trees with um, electronic, battery-operated clippers. And she was on a wall, probably about three, three feet high, maybe four feet. And she was literally at the very end, and she was reaching, reaching, and she fell. She slipped. And as she's going down, she grabbed a, a branch, to, and it was just a real thin shrub, so it did nothing. And she hit her arm, asked her to look at her elbow, hit her arm on the wall as she, and landed flat on her back. Now, I, I found her like three minutes later, and I rushed up. You know what? The first thing I did is I just prayed for her. Just prayed. How many of you saw my, her, my, my wife? Maybe some of you don't know her. She was standing here this morning. How many of you could see any sort of disability in her this morning? There was nothing. God has just miraculously given her strength and just recuperation time. How many of you ever been in a car accident and, like, day number two and day number three are, like, the worst? Because all of a sudden, all that jolting and trauma to the body kind of sets in, and you get stiffer as the week goes on. Well, my wife, and I believe God just gave her strength. It just is healing her. And I, I just prayed, Lord, just accelerated recovery. And the next morning, she woke up literally thinking she was going to be super stiff. And she got up, and she was sore. Uh, but um, day number two, got up and was even better. And she got better every day instead of getting worse for the first three days. And I, I was just like, God, I just, I want to see results. How many of you want to see results? I mean, Literally, I'm at the point where I'm sick and tired of nothing happening. <laughs> and I've got that way over the last four to six to eight weeks of real, just real, and I called it before, aggressiveness. Just, and, and I really believe God is ready to take us to the next level when we're ready to do what it takes to get to the next level. When you're ready to be aggressive enough to get to the next level, put the time, put the energy, put the effort in. God is a rewarder of those who diligently, diligently seek him. And so I want to talk today, moving from doubt into faith. And I've just been looking at a few of these stories and just... Reading them over and reading them over and reading them over. So I'm going to do a lot of reading. I really think God's word is what changes us. And so I don't want to hear you. I don't want you to hear me just talk a lot. I want you to hear God's word as much as possible. And and so I just read a lot of God's word and just I'll just commentate on it a bit. Give you some of my thoughts. I came across a real interesting story. And you know what? Actually, we probably talked about it a little bit. And uh, Jesus goes up Mount of Transfiguration, takes three disciples with him. And this story is recorded in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And what's really interesting is that it varies a little differently based on who's writing it. And so I'm going to switch between Matthew and Mark. If you're taking notes, in Matthew it's 17, in Mark it's chapter 9. But Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration, and he has Peter, James, and John with him. And so the other nine guys are down at the bottom of the mountain. And when he gets back, it says in Mark that the disciples, the nine guys, are are talking with the scribes. They're in this discussion, and so Jesus goes up to the scribes and says, "What are you talking to them about?" I just, I, <laughs> it just as you read it more and more, you just, you get to sense Jesus's uh, attitude sometimes. <laughs> so, so he says, "What are you guys talking?" And the scribes say, "Well, this father brought their, the son who has a demon." And they couldn't cast him out of it. And just at that moment, the father comes running up and says, Jesus, Jesus, can you heal my son? So that's, that's where they're at. And it's amazing. What, do you know what Jesus says? Oh, you faithless and perverse generation <laughs> to these guys. It's like, where's your compassion? <laughs> He's ticked off with these guys. And now remember, it's not his disciples. Because he's now, he's walked up to the scribes. And so he's not calling his disciples faithless and perverse. He's he's talking to the scribes and says, and so I can just, you know, I just love the fact that when he gets down off the mountain, the first thing he does is he goes, talks to his scribes, what are you talking to my disciples about? <laughs> like, oh, maybe it's just funny to me, but. Sorry, sorry. If, if I just have my own laughing moments, it's okay. Anyways, you faithless and perverse. It's really, what he's saying, you unbelieving generation. You unbelieving. Jesus says, whatever you ask for, believe you will receive. How do we move from that Area of not believing. So, uh, I'm going to give you the secret in a minute. But anyway, so Jesus heals the, the, the son, that, that son. Just cast, you know, he rebukes him. And then the disciples, they come now to Jesus. And Jesus, they go, they go aside now into a house. And they say, okay, Jesus, why couldn't we do that? Why couldn't we do that? How many of you have ever said, Lord, why can't I do that? That's just driving me. Lord, I want to do that. Jesus says, because of your unbelief. (laughs) It's like, what? You know, literally a few chapters before, Jesus had sent them all out. And they healed the sick. And they cast out demons. And... At the very, so he, Jesus says, because of your unbelief. And then he says, you know, this kind comes out only by prayer or fasting. And you read some translations and it says, this kind of demon comes out by, you know what I'm convinced of reading? The context of him saying that is their unbelief. Read Matthew, read Mark, because they had cast out demons. They had healed the sick. So Jesus says, it's because of your unbelief. Then he talks about, you can say to this mountain, be removed. And and if you had a faith as a a grain of a Then he says, this kind, this kind comes out. It's the unbelief that was lurking in them. How many remember a few weeks back, uh, Pastor Jim Baker was here? Remember, he talked about fasting. And I just loved his perspective on fasting. Some people think it's, I'm going to fast, I'm going to show God just how serious I am, and that's part of it. And then God's going to move, because he's going to see how serious I am. And Pastor Jim Baker said, no, fasting is about changing you. And so when Jesus is talking to his disciples here now and just in the privacy, he says, you know, you still have some unbelief in you. And you want to get that completely gone. Spend some time with me. That's why I was pretty passionate this morning you know sometimes we talk about i'm thirsty for the for the holy spirit i'm thirsty for god and and then we just get a picture in our mind of drinking some water and getting refreshed but you know the living water is actual god himself and we minimize due to our own mental processing we minimize the effect of the holy spirit How about the word? Read the word. Do you know Jesus was the word made flesh? And when you just attack the word of God and dig in, he's becoming part of you. It's not just some words that we read. It's not some intellectual process. It's not some just scripture memorization at times. It's not just a good story. It's God himself that is becoming part of you and starting to to saturate you with himself. And we minimize it. We minimize it with our own mental process of just saying, well, I'm just going to read and fulfill my requirement for today. I'm going to spend some time in prayer. You know, in, in prayer, we, the whole idea of prayer is communion and communing with God. So many of us I'm just going to do all the talking, fulfill my requirement. How many of us really sit and listen to the voice of God? Because the voice is not just some sound. The voice, God spoke, and there was this creative action that took place. Take time in your prayer life to sit and allow God just to communicate with you and we minimize again we minimize these things through because of just our own intellectual process of I'm just going to pray make my request known and I'm going to read a few scripture verses and I'm off for my day and we lose the impact we minimize the encounter but take the word and say this is God himself revealing himself to me and as I read this literally God is becoming and growing more and more. What did God say? Draw nigh unto me, and He will draw nigh. He's the vine, we're the branch. There's a literal connection. You're a part. You're a part. And so I believe in the prayer and the fasting. Wow, I'm I'm talking about my conclusion already. We're going to backtrack and I'm going to fill you in on some other things. But I believe, I believe that as we take time, my three keys, (laughs) three keys, the word, the Holy Spirit, fasting and prayer. As you do that, you saturate yourself with God. God to the pushing out, to the pushing out and pushing aside of the things that will hinder you. And I am absolutely convinced as we do that, commit ourselves to that, we're going to see an increase in results of God moving. Because I, I literally, like I said, I'm sick and tired of nothing happening. <laughs> and and uh, in my own mind, I, I've just, I'm convinced that things have t- changed. and I, It's amazing. It's awesome. Children of Israel getting ready to go into the promised land. They send 12 spies to get the report. What's this land like? You know, they all agreed it was amazing. They all agreed it's amazing. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. Look at the size of these grapes and these other fruits. And it's beautiful. They, they all agreed it was amazing. And, oh, man, we, we, uh, I'd love to have this piece of property. and then, But 10 of them struck fear. The genesis of doubt, the beginning phase of doubt, is this creation of fear. Something comes up that surprises us. We weren't expecting it. Boom. All of a sudden, whoa, deer in headlights. And fear makes you stop for a second or two or literally paralyzes you. And you stop. You know what the word for for doubt is? To hesitate. So the people of Israel, they're getting ready, all of a sudden, ten spies say, you know what, those guys are big. And you know, we ourselves, we look like grasshoppers in in their sight, and they probably looked at us and we were like grasshoppers in their sight. And boom, fear, it stopped them for that moment, hesitation, and doubt crept in. I got, like, so many pages of definitions, but I'll, won't. I won't. But I want to read you just, you know what, it, it just, hmm. I want to read you there's so many scripture verses I got. Numbers 14, it titles, it says, Israel refuses to enter Canaan. So all the congregation. This is after the negative report. The the they decide we can't do this. So all the it's just a yeah, it amazes So all the congregation. This is New King James Version. I don't know, I don't know if this thing is working, but I'll read it. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Now, there's, there's like five different messages in there about victimology and uh, uh, turning back and say, why, why God... We used to sing a song, he didn't bring us out this far to take us back again. Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot. I'm just going to go through it, though. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said one to another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, okay, the two good, the two good report spies, uh, who were among those who had spied out the land, they tore their clothes just in, in mourning and agony, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us, okay, remember that, that phrase, if the Lord delights in us, how do we How does the Lord take pleasure in us? Faith. Faith. Okay, so faith. So if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long will these people reject me? Verse 11. Wow. And how long will they not allow unbelief? Another great passage is Hebrews 3. It talks about these people would not enter. Why? Because of their unbelief. How do we get rid of unbelief? Saturate yourself with God himself. Don't think of it as reading. Don't think of it as just talking to God. Don't think of it uh, just as skipping a meal in the sense of fast. Think about it as I'm literally drawing closer to God. He's drawing closer to me. I'm being saturated with God himself. Change the picture in your mind of the activity that you're doing and realize it's not an activity. But it is literally allowing God himself to saturate me. Faith is having a persuasion. So many people are not persuaded because they don't know God. They haven't spent time with God. They've, you know, the Pharisees were, um, they, they had memorized huge portions. I believe they even memorized the whole Torah. I love it. Jesus would say, haven't you read the scriptures where it said <laughs> You know how insulting that was to the Pharisees? (laughs) Where Jesus says, haven't you read? Uh, Yeah, they have. (laughs) I love Jesus. Just amazing. But if anybody should have been close to God, it would have been the Pharisees because they had literally memorized portions of Scripture. They prayed out in public. They fasted, and they demonstrated their fasting before the people. But you know, it was just all surface, They did not understand that contained in the words that they were reading was God himself, a revelation of who he was, his nature, his character. And instead of partaking and allowing the the words that they were memorizing to, to absorb and soak into them. It became a head thing. It became a show-off thing. And it was, Jesus said, you're like tombstones. You're whitewashed. You look nice on the outside, and you're dead inside. Wow. Had all the right activities. Had a complete misunderstanding of what they were doing. And as a result, they totally missed Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. So, doubt, fear. Pastor David's message last week was about the love of God. Do you know the perfect love drives out fear? You know, as you saturate yourself with God Himself, God is love that perfect love will... It doesn't say, excuse me, fear. Come on, take a back seat. It says it drives out fear. Now, the, the, as I was just talking, you know, the, the word soaking in God's presence, that, that's kind of taken on, some people have given in a negative kind of connotation. But when Jesus says, drink of my living water, Okay, the idea of water, you get soaked. And so I'm going to just reapply the word soak in hopefully a good way. Be like a sponge and soak in God's presence. Allow God's presence. You might not feel like anything is happening. You know, I'm a real unfeeling type of person. And generally speaking. And you know, I I worship. I love worshiping. I don't just I don't feel all warm and fuzzy and tingly. That just doesn't happen. And and, you know, in a prayer, prayer line, whether it's here or at visiting a church or whatever, I don't feel anything spectacular. But their results happen when I pray. So, but some people do. But there may be times when you just say, I'm going to spend a few minutes of my day just to soak in God's presence. And it doesn't need to be anything spectacular. What's the whole, the idea of fasting? The Hebrew word is to close So the idea, close your mouth to food. And sometimes we just need to close our ears, our eyes to certain activities. You know, there's nothing wrong with a good hockey game, but sometimes just shut the TV off, close it down, and spend some time. I say, Lord, I just want to sit in your presence and drink and allow your Holy Spirit to soak me And allow God's presence to saturate you. And it might not, you might not feel anything. It's okay. God will reward you. And it doesn't have to be a touchy-feely thing. But allow his presence to come and saturate you to the point where his thoughts, his nature, his character, Literally, push out fear. Push out doubt. Yeah. Fasting. That, that'll be kind of, I guess, the one thing. I, I, I'm going to go over the other three, but fasting. I'm going to read my notes because I'm going to forget something if I don't. And I wrote some amazing things down, so I don't want to make you miss out on some... <laughs> Fasting is an indication that you're really serious. It is. To give up food, I don't know, for me, that's hard. I think about it every couple hours, and it's like... And, and you know, it's always that day that I fast. Like, the other, I fasted this week, and Cleo, it was eight, nine, 9 o'clock in the morning, and Brenda had sent her to get bagels from Tim Hortons. And I was like... I almost said it in disappointment, but I changed my attitude before I, I said something. But, man, every time I fast on a day, somebody will say, hey, do you want to go have coffee? And, or, hey, we're going to go out for dinner. Or, hey, you know, and all, food always comes up. How about fast, you know, shut off the TV for a whole day? Do you realize how many things are on TV that you kind of wanted to watch that day? It always happens. Oh, the season finale or the season premiere of blah, blah, blah. How about video games? My son is shaking his head. Nope. God would never ask me to give that up for a whole day. <laughs> but commit to something. It's for some of us, it's coffee. When I fast, I don't give up coffee. And I think God's going to kind of put that thought in my head one day. And I'm going to rebuke that thought because God would never say that to me. But I enjoy my coffee. And so it's going to come at some point in time where it's just water for the day. Why? Because God's gonna is looking at our heart to see, are you serious? Is this important to you? is going to the next level in your relationship with me. Is that important to you? It indicates that you intend to seek the heart of God. Stopping eating for a day isn't about weight loss. Although there are benefits to fasting. You know when you shut off the video games for a day, you know how much your mind clears? That's my theory anyways. That's what I tell my sons all the time. (laughs) You'll remember things. Your mind will be much clearer. But, okay, there's benefits to shutting things down. But the idea of not eating for a day is not about weight loss. It's about disciplining yourself to say, I'm doing this because I'm going to seek the heart of God. When I fast every, every couple hours, my stomach will tell me it's time to eat. And you know what? It sharpens my focus to say, no, I'm pursuing God. And I use those, those growls to focus. So fasting intends, it, it indicates your intention to seek the heart of God, to draw closer to God. Because God says, as you draw closer to me, I'll draw closer to you. It indicates that you want to sharpen your focus. You want to sharpen your mind. You want to sharpen your thoughts. You may, you may, I, I don't know about you, but I'll, I'll sit down to spend some quiet time with the Lord. And, you know, like in about 30 seconds, I'm thinking about, I wonder who's playing hockey tonight. I wonder if the Canucks are playing. And then I'll pull up my phone, a stupid thing to see if what's on the schedule for today or the white caps plan within like 30 seconds and I got no no I got to put this away no I'm supposed to be focusing and well 3 minutes later I'm thinking about some bills I have to pay it's amazing how our minds want to wander but set yourself apart one day to fast and pray and every time You feel that hunger pain or an indication to eat, and you got no, I'm not doing it. Refocus. Focus your mind. Focus your thoughts. There's so much that crowds our brains every day. How much of our time is literally spent thinking about God? I'm I'm at the point now, I, you know, Besides what I'll hear on a TV show or in a movie theater or walking through the mall, I don't know any music besides Christian music. So anytime a, a song or a thing pops into my head, it's about God or whatever. But those kind of little things help sharpen your focus, help sharpen your mind, help sharpen your thoughts. Man, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I sometimes get trapped in a car with non-Christian music going. Wow, it's amazing the the thought process that must have went on going to that song. <laughs> wow. it's like whoa! <laughs> I want my car back. <laughs> Sharpen your thoughts, sharpen your mind, your focus. Fasting, some of the other benefits. You're indicating to yourself that you want to pay attention. To what? To the voice of God, not the hunger growls that are going on, not the dinner that you're missing or the lunch you're missing. You're indicating to your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, that I'm going to pay attention to the voice of God, to the thoughts of God. Do you know you have the mind of Christ? Yeah. When you get born again, you have the mind of Christ. And fasting is a great way to exercise the mind, build up <laughs> the mind of Christ, to to. Discipline yourself towards the mind of Christ and develop that. The stronger the mind of Christ gets in you, the greater the renewing of your mind, the greater the transformation. Romans 12, 2. Be transformed. Transform your life by renewing your mind. Strengthen the mind of Christ in you. You'll literally transform your life. It's not about... So fasting is not... It's totally about changing you, not manipulating God. Fasting is about building up your faith, not somehow squeezing a goodie out of the hand of God. It's about building up your faith. As you build your faith you will please God more. Hebrews 11. I don't have it written down. As you build your faith, you please God. And he's a a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So as you build your faith, as you grow, as you mature, as you draw closer to God, He rewards you. And the last note on fasting is that it'll drive out doubt. It'll drive out doubt. It'll drive out the doubt. Drive out the doubt. Can you imagine... If the children of Israel had latched on to the words of Joshua and Caleb and refused to listen to the 12 negative spies, could you imagine? God said, I'd be going with you. And literally, their defenses are down, they've lost their defensive cover. Could you imagine? Be walking into their promise. If you look up the, the word for unbelief, when Jesus said to his disciples, it's it's because of your unbelief, it's the the word apistia. You know the word for faith is P I S T I S, pistis. pistis. The word for unbelief adds just an A in front of it, which means it's negative faith. In that same story, when you look at, I get them mixed up between Matthew and Mark because they they add, in the one account, the father, Jesus says, if you just believe, you know, the father said, Lord, I believe, I have faith, Help my negative faith. Help my unbelief. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. You know, how do you get rid of the unbelief? The negative faith is draw closer to God. Draw closer to God. Draw closer to God. So the three keys, as I close. Three keys to driving out Doubt and unbelief first get into the word. Jesus said to his disciples in John 15, says, now you are clean through the words I have spoken to you. The word cleanses you. The word purifies you. So don't think of the word time of your life as just reading some story, reading your chapter, your verse of the day. Take the word as a revelation of God himself and say, Lord, as I read this, develop yourself in me because you are the living word. Take the word time in your life and literally realize you're, you're, Taking in God Himself. And as you build God Himself into you, you'll drive out the fear, you'll drive out the doubt, you'll drive out the unbelief. Second is be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is done by the Holy Spirit. Titus 3, 5. Can you throw that one up there just so that we get the whole verse? I love, be transformed. Transform your life by the renewing of your mind. You know the renewing agent. Last line. We're, We're saved. Salvation is not by the works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing of regeneration. Who's the washing? Jesus Christ salvation, regeneration, and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. So take some Holy Spirit time, your prayer time. Take your prayer time to listen to the Holy Spirit. Find out what He wants you to do with your time, with your energy. Maybe sometimes your plans will end up changing Your associations will start changing. Your attitudes will start changing as he renews your mind. Renewing of the Holy Spirit. Take some Holy Spirit time to listen to him. Because as you listen to him, he becomes part of you. You become saturated with him. Your mind is renewed. Your thought process is renewed. And according to Romans 12, 2, your life will be transformed by the Holy Spirit, the renewing of your mind. And three, I challenge you, take a day a week if you can to fast, and if not, more. If that's a real challenge for some dietary reasons, once a month, whatever, or fast some activity in your life, fast something. Discipline yourself, whether it's food, whether it's a certain activity, whether it's a certain associations, fast. Demonstrate to God that I want to draw closer to you. So I'm giving this up and draw closer because as you do, Paul even says it, Christ becomes formed in you. And as Christ becomes formed in you, it literally drives out doubt. Kick out doubt. (laughs) Amen? Does that make sense? My brothers, my brethren, my brothers and sisters, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, perseverance. And let that patience, perseverance have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete so that you will mature and you will lack nothing. Now, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no no doubt. With no doubting. For he who doubts, who hesitates, who is uncertain, is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Now listen, this is a powerful thing. For let not that man, the man who doubts, the one who is driven and tossed by various things, let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Wow. That is powerful. That's powerful. A double-minded man, the, in, in the Greek it means a two-souled person, a person that of two souls, wow, is unstable. You need to drive that instability, that uncertainty, that hesitation. Drive it out. Drive it out. And last, in closing, Hebrews chapter 10. Now the just live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not those, verse 39, who cower in fear. We are not those who draw back. That is not who we are. Amen? Amen? That is not who we are. Let's take this day and say, I'm making a commitment to get closer to God than I've ever had been in my life. Today I make a commitment to, to, to lay aside whatever hindrance might be holding me back. Put aside whatever weight wants to drag me down. This morning, I make a commitment to let that thing go, to cut ties with that thing. Whatever is holding you back. And right now, I know every time I talk to God and say, Lord, just reveal something. He, he, t- he tells me, okay, you need to stop doing that or spend a little less time doing that and, or focus a little more on this. He speaks to me. This morning, what is God saying to you? What is God saying to you? Let today be the day that I make a determination that I want to go to the next level. I'm going to go to the next level of my commitment. There's no doubt that God wants you to go to the next level and he's willing to take you to the next level Are you ready to commit yourself to go to the next level? You know, later in James, because it talks about asking and not wavering, it says, you know, you receive not because you ask not. Then he says, but then when you do ask, you ask amiss. You ask for the wrong thing. Now, combine that with going into the word and being cleansed and being purified. All of a sudden, your asking will get better. All of a sudden, as you allow God's word to cleanse you, cleanse your attitude, cleanse your motives, cleanse your, uh, your character. As you are cleansed by the word, all this stuff works hand in hand. All of a sudden, your requests, your desires become purified. And all of a sudden, your asking won't be so way off. And your asking will line up with God's heart. And as you fast, you draw closer to God. As you fast, you're determining to hear the heart of God, to know the heart of God. All of a sudden, you're asking changes. Amen? Amen. Let's stand this morning. Blessed are the pure, for they shall You know, purity affects your eyesight. Allow God's Word to cleanse you, to purify you. Allow the Holy Spirit to purify your mind, renew your mind. As you are purified, you'll see better. Your seeing will improve. And what will you start seeing? you see God. You'll see the things of God. You'll see the heart of God. You'll see the thoughts of God. You'll see the nature of God. And when you start seeing that, wow, your faith goes, whew. <laughs> Oh, God is amazing. I, I could keep going, but I'm not. How many of you, I asked the being, want to go to a new level in God? Amen. Heavenly Father, this morning we determine, we determine in our heart, our mind, our will, our emotions, within our soul we determine that we want to draw closer to you. We want to draw closer to you. Lord, we want to go to a new level of understanding your heart. Of, of your mind activated in us. Of your word working in us. We want to go to a new level of faith in you. A faith that drives out fear. A faith that drives out doubt. A, 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 a faith. A faith that is fully persuaded. Fully persuaded of who you are. Of of what you can do. And what you've done for us. Oh Lord, strengthen our resolve this morning. As we resolve in ourselves, strengthen us. And come to us by your spirit to remind us. The cares of this world want to choke out the seed. The seatfulness of riches want to come and choke out the seed. But Holy Spirit, come. Remind us. Remind us. Come to us. Remind us of what our true heart desire is to draw closer to you. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. God bless you with an awesome afternoon. Pick a day this week and fast. Take a day to fast this week. And say, I'm drawing closer. I'm getting closer. Amen.